0: Hey, Forge family. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we looked at why some people cannot see or hear the Word of God, the message of Jesus risen from the dead, and the hope for eternity with Him. The, quote, God of this age, unquote, Satan, has blinded the eyes of those who are unpersuadable. They've set their jaw, turned away, and now walk in darkness intentionally. The glorious counter strike against Satan. And those who have been persuaded by him is that God longs for each and every one of humankind to repent and come to him. But he knows from eternity past who will choose him and his ways and who will not. Paul went on to say that he and the apostolic team and we who are surrounded by witnesses and filled full of Holy Spirit, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord. We further stated that he and the team were bondservants of the Corinthian believers. That willful choice to serve for life for the best outcome of others sets Christians apart in brilliant ways. Historically, hospitals, orphanages, medical missions, mission stations, Bible schools spread to coastal regions of earth. The vast interiors of some of those continents, they got some expressions, but not a great deal. So one of my distant ancestors planted Gordon College to train pastors and Christian workers in Rawalpindi, in what was then northern India. There was a street riot against Christians, and he was terminally injured. That story is but a tiny reference to the costs paid by those who live before us to let the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus shine out of darkness. All right, let's pray. God, you light and truth, and we offer our open hearts to you this day. We would be those who are filled up with that light and truth. We want to shine out before men and women who are seeking for that. Prepare us for those conversations and get us ready to lead many to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, open your Second Corinthians texts to chapter 4, verse 7. It begins with, quote, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, That the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. And what is that treasure that that we believers have? Well, simply put, it is the message of the gospel. That points to the brilliance of the light that shines across cultures and every religion to illuminate Christ as the unique son of God most high. And because That is, there's, you know, within us, you know, it's been put there by Holy Spirit. We begin to steward and display that message. During the Jesus movement, 50 years ago, I lived with a man named John Fisher. He was a musician, lyricist, he was a recording artist who wrote and sang as part of that particular movement that saw many come to Christ. Part of the lyrics from a song of his go like this. I am a pot, I'm a vessel made to hold something special the living, loving life of Christ in me in archaeological digs of ancient sites that predate the time of Paul the overwhelming majority of archaeological finds are in the category of ostraca that's a word from a Greek root that speaks of broken pots pot shards Pieces of broken fired pottery that were laid down in huge layers in these digs because terracotta pots were so common and so disposable. Corinth was known for its pottery works. Big earthen vessels were used for amphorae to store and ship wine. Oil lamps were made of fired clay. Household kitchens, laundries, bedrooms, etc. were filled with it's the Greek words for clay pots. And they were used for water, oil, produce, laundry, garbage, offal, fecal matter, you name it. And when broken, they were discarded and cheaply replaced. Paul says that the treasure of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ is held in our earthen vessels. The simple, vulnerable pots that we are are set in place by the will of God the Father to show the surpassing, profound, unmatched power of God, not the power of any earthen vessel. We, too, like Adam, are made of dust, and to dust we will return. We, too, are fragile. Knocks and disappointments, blows and rejections, open spiritual holes in us, holes and cracks through which light shines out from inside of us. <clears throat> in the natural, we can fight to preserve our earth and vessel's integrity. We can withdraw from any conflict, from relationships, from opportunities to share Christ, and from life in Christian community, being sure we keep a lid on our beliefs. Okay, the result is we have an undamaged earth and vessel. But no light shines from within. That is not the manner in which Jesus walked, nor Paul or his team. And this passage calls us to walk vulnerable for the sake of the glory of God. It is through our brokenness and weakness that the power of God is displayed. Our lowly earthen vessels serve heaven's high purposes. And our low value, in contrast to the treasure within, keeps our boundaries in place. In the Greco-Roman world, there were frequent parades in which idols were carried through the streets. And the treasures of the various temples were displayed in the march. Without exception, the idols' treasures were displayed in vast gold lavers and bowls and gold boxes and trunks and casks. We parade our treasure... In earthen vessels. Verses 8 to 10 observe and guarantee that our earthen vessels will be stressed and cracked. Quote, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested. In our body, now here Paul lays out four contrasting realities. He begins with recurrent pressure that a, that uh, uh, it's used. It's a word that's used in Greek. The word "thlipsis." It's a word that's used uh, in the uh, in the pressure that's put on grapes to make wine. And, and this appears nine times in Second Corinthians. Paul is assuring the Corinthians that pressure will come. Flips us. For us is uh, it is God allowed pressure that pushes us into tight places. But the antithesis set against pressure and affliction is the wording, quote, but we are not crushed. Okay? One scholar updates that contrasting pair with this phrase. We're squeezed, but we're not squished. We can be hard-pressed, but never cornered. We may feel walled in, but God makes a way upward to escape, to jump over the devil's head. Second, Paul says, we are perplexed, but not despairing. The fragile earthen vessel that contains the gospel's glory is often confused, despondent, at a loss, seeming stuck. But here's a a wordplay in Greek, and and this contrast appears in the New Covenant ministry. And so the contrast comes out even stronger. Paul says, we may be bewildered, exhausted, discouraged, but then Paul presents his contrast and his answer To all of that blockage. Here Paul says in Christ. By Holy Spirit. We're not in despair. Not confounded. Not befuddled. Not at a loss. God makes a way. Where there seems to be no way. Philip Hughes. Some time ago wrote about Napoleon. It was said of Napoleon. That he had an unquestioned magic. For victory. But no technique for defeat. The Great General, riding his beautiful mount at Austerlitz, became the despairing horseman <clears throat> slouching in retreat from Moscow. Now here, Paul continues to lay out his technique to deal with weakness and seeming defeat by relying on the surpassing power of God. At the end of Second Corinthians, Paul speaks of God's strength perfected in his weakness. Third, persecuted but not forsaken. Contrast the Greek word that speaks of being hunted down, being pursued, run to ground. We're often, per, you know, we hear about uh, persecution that falls on our brothers and sisters. We know that Paul's writings speak about the Judaizers that followed him from city to city to tear down his teachings of the risen Christ and put back in its place the, the law of Moses. In Corinth, the group of apostles that came to dismantle Paul's teachings and scatter the churches, the ecclesias, were largely aimed at silencing Paul. Further, Paul experienced beatings, riots, shipwreck, slander, and the threat of death over and over having such a series of experiences, he can speak with authority about how that all felt. It's then that Holy Spirit, by Paul, writes that in the middle of such pressures and fears. And the contrast then is, but we're not forsaken. Ever. Even when Jesus cries out to the Father from the cross, the reality is he was not abandoned. He was not forsaken. Psalm 37 cries out about the God who does not abandon the righteous. And Paul simply says, amen. Joan of Arc, facing death by being burned at the stake for a supposed heresy, said to those who had once stood with her but were choosing to abandon her at the end, it is better to be alone with God. His friendship will not fail me nor his counsel, nor his love, his strength fills me. And I will dare and dare and dare until I die. Fourth, there's this paradox of struck down but not destroyed. The Greek word katabalein means laid low by a blow or a weapon, abused, bullied, cast off or rejected, stricken with an illness or even slain. We might say, whacked, taken down, driven to the mat with malign intent. Okay, recall that in Lystra, Paul was ritually stoned, taken for dead, and his body was dragged out of the city and dumped. Paul opened his eyes, stood up, and led his team back into the city. It's recorded in Acts chapter 14. Yes, knocked down, but quickly back on his feet. He was not destroyed unto death. Even those who are martyred will stand to their feet and rise ahead of us at Christ's coming for his church, his bride. Knocked down, but not knocked out. There's a song we sing often whose chorus is... He'll never let me down, never let me down, never let me down. Well, in the natural, that's not true. We can often feel like, oh, God, where did you go? This is really hard. You know, I feel like you've just dropped a a bomb on me. And we can experience loss and failure and and seeming abandonment in the face of real events that happen to us. It is in the spirit that we can sing such lyrics as true. True truth, the power of God within us in our earthen vessels pushes back by Holy Spirit so that we withstand all manner of pressures. Now, if you take an empty plastic soda bottle in hand and screw down the top, now try to crush it with your hands or, or stomp it with your feet. Okay? There's an invisible force that's pushing back. Even if you puncture it, all you do is release that force, that invisible gas. Likewise, when an earthen vessel is squeezed and struck in all manner of ways, it survives by Holy Spirit because it contains the astonishing power of God, ready to be released for others to see, shining out through holes and cracks verses 10 to 11, Paul summarizes his apostolic ministry with the phrase, We always are caring about in the body the death of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death. For Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Here, Paul chooses the word necrosis to describe the dying of Jesus. Jesus was accused, struck, cursed, beaten, set on trial, and sent off to be crucified. That process of dying is at work within Paul and within us. We may be cursed, beaten, slandered, put on trial, and sent off to be put to death as well. That was Paul's experience, and will be our experience When the light of the gospel shines through our cracked earthen vessels. We live in a bubble. Persecution of the church in America has laid dormant since the arrival of the pilgrims to this day. There are very few exceptions to that. Now in the street, in the last months, there are those who are burning Bibles, setting churches aflame, hurling epithets at those who march for the life of the unborn. On and on. There was... There's been this amazing shift begun in classrooms of public schools and in universities across America and now we will get to stand in the contrasts of verses 8 and 9 while carrying about our fragile vessels the process of dying just like Jesus did and experiencing it for ourselves. Time was, wearing a cross was a visible witness That Christ was within, that we were men and women of faith. Now, those crosses have become costume jewelry. Jesus spoke that those who wish to follow him must take up their own cross, their own implement of execution. See, Paul is speaking of just that carrying about in the body that process of the dying of Jesus. Dying precedes resurrection and ascension. Both have been promised to us. Dying to self comes first. Laying down our right to protection, to honor, to success in this world. That paves the way to caring about the dying of Jesus. And then his life bursts out of us for all to see. In verse 12, Paul says, so death works in us, but life in you. Now, Paul has suffered greatly already, and there's more to come. He has learned that in fulfilling the sufferings of Christ in his own body, he gains life he can share with others, and that will bless others. He's living out his new life in Christ, and is no longer self-focused or self-protected, rather. He's learned to empty himself in the presence of the Lord, just like Jesus did in his humanity. As we continue his mission, as as Paul continues his mission to the Gentiles, it will result in more physical blows. But the blows will result in the blessings of the Holy Spirit on other believers. This pattern of mortality and weakness, of suffering and of pouring out blessings on others, is a hallmark, a watermark, a seal of authentic Christians throughout history. Now, Forge family... Treasure? Yes. But with blows that crack us open so that the treasure is revealed. We are accorded the high privilege of carrying about in us the dying of Jesus and his pattern impressed into our words, deeds, thoughts, and attitudes so that we become like him. Know with certainty, Holy Spirit pushes back into the teeth of torment, persecution, confusion, and oppression. You are beloved by God, and he will never abandon his chosen vessels. To some, the death of Christ is falling. To us, it is a path to walk, holding his hand, empowered by Holy Spirit, so that mortality will one day take on immortality. Earthen vessels pass away, but the treasure in us lasts forever. Squeezed, but not squashed. Bewildered, but not befuddled. Hunted down, but not abandoned. Knocked down, but not knocked out. Let's pray. Lord God, none of us looks forward to being wounded, to the blows, to disappointments, or suffering in the natural. Thank you for pouring in Holy Spirit to fill us and to push back when those events befall us. We want to be ready to stand and let the light of the glory of God shine out through our weakness and cracks. We're so grateful for light and life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Forge family. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you soon.